0: It's been a minute. You got to call me out like that, I guess.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so uh, the last episode went live on December
0: 18th. Oh, boy. So this would be plus a month by the time, easily over a month by the time we release this. We're very sorry, faithful listeners who split the veil. Um, You know, it was the holidays uh, and that whole thing and just um, shenanigans and all kinds of things that keep us from being able to sit down and record all the time.
1: Yeah, basically. So I, I, like, I think because we've also been doing the D&D thing with Cole uh, mm-hmm. every other week. And like that, like, while it's fun. It does kind of like get in the way. You know, we only have so much time in the day.
0: It, true. So. And I know you're also streaming often on Saturdays, which is when we uh, tend to slot our recording and D&D. So it can turn into kind of a marathon for Katie uh, if she's yeah. basically talking all day. Yeah. Um, but D&D is fun. Uh, our friend Cole over at uh, the Kingdom, YouTube, look him up, the Kingdom. Uh, it's fun D D that we're doing there. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I guess that's our opening and advertisement. Yeah,
0: happy <laughs> Merry Christmas to everyone. Happy New Years. Hopefully, twenty twenty two is. Um, uh, what do you even say at this point?
1: <laughs> like yeah, hopefully. I I hope it's bearable.
0: <clears throat> yeah, hopefully it's better than twenty twenty one and twenty twenty. But the bar is so low at this point for being better. Um,
1: Can we just like just have a moment to say what the f- fuck for the last two years like i mean what the fuck for our
0: whole adult lives as millennials basically it's i don't want to bitch but it's like there's been a lot of weird shit that's been happening
1: yeah i i can't like i can't get my my boomer parents to just wrap their heads around like every time they say everything's gonna be all right i'm like all right mom when it's been a decade mom
0: (laughs) in your 40s (laughs) yeah
1: like jesus christ um, anyway, it, uh, it's good. <laughs> let's talk about the That's suicide a,
0: mission. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about something fun. Um, we are going to talk about uh, Mass Effect 2 as the title of the episode. Suggest, um, we're reviewing Mass Effect 2, where we're going along our journey to to sort of rank, not really rank, but just sort of like review and rate the Dragon Age and Mass Effect games kind of in the same format as we ranked the characters of the Mass Effects and Dragon Age games.
1: Yes, and I've actually been replaying Mass Effect, so I can actually give a a, a decent thing.
0: So that that's actually yeah, I think in a way, like even not sort of notwithstanding our, our format, like we'll we'll make sure we get the ratings in and what have you, but I kind of just want to know what you think of it overall. So um, yeah, I guess if you want to g- give me your overall thoughts on Mass Effect 2 and and work your way around, I guess, if you feel like it to the story rating.
1: Yeah. So I, this kind of, oh God, I didn't mean for this to be like one of those, ep- those episodes, but like, it just, I, I can't like not talk about it. Like when I first played Mass Effect, it was, uh, 2014. I was just graduating from college. Everything was fine. And I, I really liked Mass Effect. It was having a lot of fun. It was great. I have fun memories of it. And then ten years later, almost, I'm well. I say, you know, you know, twenty twenty one, I guess. Um, playing through it again, I just like so much shit has been going wrong that like the underlying like depression, not depression, but like the what what would you call the feel of? I mean, there there is that hopeful feel like you are fighting it, but like the the feeling is like you are trying to fight against this hopeless cause and you end up succeeding even though it's a great sacrifices. I'm just I just don't want to feel that you know like I just
0: <laughs> You wanna just play like, Animal uh, Crossing.
1: <laughs> yeah, kinda. I just wanna like cute and fun and happy. Like I don't want to talk about like big deep sacrifices and shit going wrong and all my friends dying and all that. Like there's a there's all this going on. So I, I there's there's a little bit like I when I I I I know what, like what okay Mass Effect 1 was a bit of a slog because I always thought Mass Effect 1 was a bit of a slog so that I knew that going in Mass Effect 2 I had a lot of fun going into it but like kind of when this shit started getting really serious um I had like my own shit going on so just kind of like oh man I just don't want to do this right now so I kind of stalled on it a little bit mm-hmm. I could only imagine going into Mass Effect 3 because I remember that just being fun um but like yeah, I I just feel like I'm having a good. I know I would have a good more of a. I know I would have more fun if just shit wasn't going like haywire in my own life. So like I feel like, I I liked the experience, but it's not the experience I want right now. Does this make any sense?
0: Mm, it makes sense. Like certain games, they tire you. You start to feel tired while playing them. I, I don't know yeah. if that. It's like I uh when I played Fallout three for the first time? I remember like I think that was out at the same time as Fable Two. And I would have to switch off a of Fallout 3 because it's like, man, this world is so bleak. You know, it's like I can't play this forever. Yeah. Um Mass Effect 2 is, you know, it is it is constantly reminding you that you're working up to a quote unquote suicide mission. That you're yeah. that you're trying to do something impossible. And you have a group of badasses, but they're also sort of a ragtag group of badasses in a way. If you're bringing together a lot of disparate people, so I can see how the tone of it—it's the dark middle chapter, basically.
1: Yeah, in in a weird way, I don't think Dragon Age. I know people like to say Dragon Age Origins is real dark and whatever, and and yeah, like the Deep Roads level can be a bit like, "Ooh, damn!" But like, it's really. Nowhere close to anything that Mass Effect gets to, and I feel like that's why I find the Dragon Age series so much more comfy. Is because there's a lot of like goofy shit in the middle.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I think Dragon Age Origins is, I mean, it's real dark in some spots, but it's not. I guess I don't know how to describe it exactly. It, it maybe has, it certainly has a different visual palette, but there's some yeah. there's some real tough shit going on in Dragon Age Origins. I mean,
1: there there is, but like not not close to mass effect 2 you know or mass effect 3 i I feel like it's it's not like mass effect 3 i feel like or mass effect the series goes into darker places than origins gets i think
0: i guess i'm thinking of the city elf origin to be honest i don't think dragon age ever approaches anything like that
1: you mean mass effect
0: uh what What did i say drag dragon oh i say mass effect doesn't ever approach anything like that
1: i but like one that is entirely skippable and like and if you don't play a city elf then you're never going to see that true whereas enough. like I I feel like while definitely dark one moment doesn't pull down the whole series you know that's true or like Mass ah, Effect right. has a bunch of those little moments and maybe they don't go like as deep but like it, it, it goes it goes close it goes close
0: yeah i mean even if just even if some of this is sort of just implied or, or, or kind of spoken about once or twice i mean in mass effect if you look at the origins for shepherd like if you look at the sole survivor plus the ruthless uh for like shepherd's backstory like mm-hmm. you are playing a shepherd who undoubtedly has ptsd yeah like there's no way that shepherd can't yeah you know, like you lose your family when you're 16 murdered in front of you and then uh, you know, maybe the Aku's one or the one where you make this call of uh sacrificing all your troops or whatever in Shepard's backstory. That, to me, has always been, like, the underlying, probably the darkest part of it is Shepard could actually have, like, a ridiculously tragic background based on some mm-hmm. options you pick in a menu at the start of the game. And, you know, they're referenced in a couple of side quests in Mass Effect 1 in particular. But, um yeah, I mean, no no doubt the Mass Effect series has very dark um aspects or moments. Mm-hmm. Um, I, did you like it overall?
1: Oh yeah, I mean, I I, I liked it. I still mm. think it's probably the strongest of the three from my well four if we're an gonna count and drama, but like you know strongest of of the series. Um, but yeah, I I I I did like it. I I I think where I got to the point where I was like, oh boy, was probably after I had finished all of the um, character missions and was doing the DLC. And, like, I actually streamed the DLC, and maybe that was also part of it, because then I made, like, the the game a a little bit of, like, a work thing, because I was streaming it. But, like, even then, Mm -hmm. um, Kasumi DLC, didn't really care for it. Uh, Overlord was surprisingly good. Um, And then Arrival was like, who the fuck cares? (laughs) But... like at one point they're like, you're going to kill three million batarians and at that point i'm like fuck it let's do it you're like <laughs> what do batarians look sure. like again yeah, i don't really give kind of i uh, No, i'm just gonna be crude but I, I i don't actually mean it and i know people are gonna say it anyway but um no i don't i don't care like it's like okay that's fine
0: <laughs> no, you can say it. it's not crude i mean it's not crude to not care about fake <laughs> fake no, bunch of they're... fake people
1: the crude thing I was going to say, like, oh, can we fuck the Batarian? No, okay, no. But I... <laughs> <laughs>
0: that horny Twitter's back on your side. Like, yeah, if we can't fuck them, blow them up.
1: <laughs> well, like, even if you could, if there was a romance, I wouldn't give a shit either way. So,
0: like... <laughs> I think that's basically the Bioware community. Like, uh... Bioware community will always be like, no, how can you say that? Be nice to people. But then it's like, they're also like, you know, we've had moments on stream where people are like, shank so-and-so, I kill so
1: Well, okay, here's the... here's the I, Okay, I will say, it, in the end, it is a game. And it is kind of fun to do the, like what I call the chaos options. You know yes. what I mean?
0: Yes, we've all it, known this since all the way back in KOTOR, since all the way back in Baldur's Gate. It's so fun to be an evil asshole in a video game that you would never... Because you don't act like that in real life, obviously.
1: Yeah, and like, it's, it's almost like... Uh, It's not like watching a horror movie, but it kind of has that same shock value when you're sitting there playing an evil run. You're like, no, I have to do this. Oh, no, I did. Here's the consequences of my actions. No. Like there's there's something fun about that.
0: Yeah, no, there is. It's especially because like on on pretty much I don't think I've ever done an initial playthrough or a canon playthrough of a game where I'm not kind of basically trying to be the good guy. Yeah. Uh even in games where you're like an anti hero like the Grand Theft Auto games or or you know, uh Red Dead Redemption, like I'm still like, okay, well what's the goodest option I can pick? That's just kinda I don't know. I just tend to be that way. So yeah on a on a second playthrough, on a third playthrough, it's like well, since I was so careful to be as good as I possibly could, like, <clears throat> I wonder what happens when you knock this over and mess this up and do this. Like it's just kind of fun.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um uh, the, yeah, kill yeah like, <laughs>
0: Also, what? also, like, fuck the Batarians. <laughs> if you actually think about it, if you actually look at the lore and you look at all of these different things, like the Batarians are real shitheads, okay?
1: I mean they're shitheads, but you can say like, oh, it was a colony, there were kids or whatever. I'm like, ah I am By the time sure. by the time
0: Mass Effect 3 comes around, this is like a light spoiler, it's not like a major plot line, but there's there, uh, there's yeah. a there's a thing where based on certain choices, like the Batarian race could be on the verge of being wiped out. I know oh, that wow. sounds major, but it's almost like a codex entry level i think there might be one voice conversation about it like it's it's like this throwaway thing and it's just kind of like they try and make it seem like it's this huge deal and i'm just like all they've done is aggress humanity no matter what like no matter (laughs) no matter what happens the batarians are trying to kill people so very sad um but they weren't going to help that much all right anyway um yeah fiction people it's all it's all made up um anyway you were saying uh dlc not your favorite part of it
1: uh well there were there were some good moments but well we'll 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 get to that when we actually talk about the dlc let's 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 go with the actual ranking thing let's talk about the story so uh story i guess i'm talking so i'll just go first but um i i, I like is this not like the strongest story it's like okay you're revived from the dead so like all of your you know things from the past you don't have to worry about it whatever whatever And, um, like, you have to go on a suicide mission, you're collecting all these cool people, and, like, you make sure you're loyal to them, and, like, it it just really nicely weaves in why you gotta do favors for these people, and then, like, there's a, like, a satisfying reward when you do that, and, like, the collect, like, it's, it's all solid, like, I don't know how you would not give a seven to the story, to be quite honest, like, it's, it's solid, it's good, it, it, like, Maybe, like, there's some, like, silly moments where, like, maybe this doesn't make sense in the lore. I don't know the Mass Effect lore at that moment. But, like, it, it just is so tightly woven that, like, I it works. <clears throat> so
0: So you're going seven. Yeah. So... I for the longest time Mass Effect 2 is my favorite game of all time. Um I, I've made a video called Mass Effect 2 is overrated. It is a very interesting video because it is okay. my I think it's my most liked and most disliked, before they took away dislikes, <laughs> video I've ever oh, done yeah. on the channel. It's just kind of interesting. Uh it's like a super divisive uh topic and my my the whole point that I made there is I'm not trying to trash Mass Effect 2. Obviously it's a great game. It's it's been my favorite game of all time. But especially when I replayed the legendary edition this most mm-hmm. this most recent time, twice actually, um what I figured out is that Mass Effect one is a lot stronger than I thought it was. In my opinion. I mean it's mm-hmm. it's like whether or not somebody likes a certain food. It's his taste. It's all subjective. But to my to my taste, Mass Effect One was improved a lot by the quality of life improvements of mm-hmm. The legendary edition and therefore going to mass effect 2 didn't feel like this huge leap forward anymore to me as someone who's done that you know 12 13 times before the legendary edition came out so i feel like i got a more sober look at mass effect 2 uh and when i did that i kind of noticed that i don't think it's as strong compared to mass effect 3 and mass effect 1 anymore for me um specifically on story though I think it might have the best plot, but I certainly don't think it's better than Mass Effect One when it comes to theme, and I don't think it's better. I, I don't I, I really don't even know if it's better than Mass Effect Three when it comes to themes. I, oh. I think that it's it's a good plot. It has great structure to it. The structure of building a team and going on a suicide mission works really well for the pacing of the game. Mass Effect One has kind of a classic open-ended rpg pacing problem is is that there's this huge second act where you're supposed to give players freedom to do whatever they want skip certain sections you know whole planets can potentially be skipped take your time do a bunch of side quests but also you're supposed to be building the conflict of the main plot and because it's not a movie or a book you can't control the timing of that so the second act ends up being huge and long Mm -hmm. and you go should I really be doing all these side quests or should I hurry up and chase Saren? It's kind of like that happens in every video game, but it's hard to avoid. Yeah, Mass Effect 2 comes up with this great structure of like, well, you've got to do this crisscross sort of thing and go across the galaxy to build this team up before you can get to um, the third act, which works tremendously well. You never feel like you're wasting time in the middle of, or at least I never did, uh, playing Mass Effect 2. It always feels like all of these diversions kind of are necessary in order to get you to where you need to go. Mm -hmm. so from a plot standpoint i think mass effect 2 is really brilliant um and the the thematic you know the things that it's communicating about theme are not they're not weak you know they're not entirely absent um i just i i don't i don't think that it's not establishing as many things as mass effect 1 was having to establish and so i feel like it's more in the background Mm -hmm. um I struggle with what to rate it though cuz I think in many ways it is a 7 but I want there to be some differentiation between Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect 1.
1: Okay. Yeah, cuz you you rated Mass Effect 1 a 7 on the story.
0: Yeah. And it's really hard for me to just not give Mass Effect 2 sevens across the board, but I kind of have a new I have a new perspective on Mass Effect 2 now. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with a 6. I re- obviously okay. I reserve the right to change it if we might do a recap mm-hmm. episode, but for now it's a 6
1: okay so uh why don't you take us away on the characters then
0: holy shit the characters um the elusive man is is what the best did we rank him the best villain or something like that i think we might have
1: yeah i think we did
0: um he was right up there if he wasn't number one i think it might have been him and Mm loghaine uh who were the top two i mean the elusive man is an incredible antagonist um a lot of, I think, a lot of the themes sort of play off of the elusive man, as far as you know what humanity's place in the galaxy is, how vulnerable humanity is, um, and yet still, you know, the need to work with other species versus sort of defending human interest against alien interest, and all of that kind of comes to a head in in the the, I guess, the comparison between Shepard as a hero and the elusive man as a villain so from that standpoint i think it, it deserves big marks um i think when you look at the cat like the party members it's one of the best goddamn parties ever in any bioware game i mean it's mm-hmm. just an outstanding crew the returning people like garris and tally are they really begin to take off yes uh, tally in particular uh, i mean garris in particular i mean like really just everybody who's back takes off i've said mm-hmm. this before but like joker is not like joker really has actually surprisingly little dialogue in mass effect one like there's actually only a few conversations with joker in mass effect one he doesn't really have that much like he really takes off in mass effect two um so like everybody who's back is better everybody who's new you know whether it's uh, thane or miranda or legion which is like one of the coolest fucking things ever is having legion as a companion uh i th- i ED? think it is the epitome edie yeah oh exactly i mean 100 percent ed um i think it's the epitome of a seven out of seven for characters so
1: yeah <clears throat> i for the most part i agree i will say like there are definitely the weak characters i think um kasumi great on paper i just don't she needed more like there's like barely any dialogue with kasumi like i Mm -hmm. I think her specialization was kind of fun watching her like pop up like i'm sitting there shooting from afar and go what the kasumi what are you doing over there (laughs) what happened all the time um and like she was kind of fun but like you she barely does anything like she barely talks to you zaid who the fuck cares uh (laughs) and i would kind of say jacob like jacob He's good as a foil to Miranda, but him, he—I don't think he can stand on his own as a character. Mm. Like, I just, I just found him to be kind of like—he's good in the opening when you're like, "Dude, what is going on?" And he's just like this normal guy going, "Oh fuck, I don't man, I don't know man, I don't I just work here." <laughs> like, he, he, he could have been really good. Like, I think on paper he's fine, but again, they just didn't weave him into the later parts of the story very well, and like his personal quest, like. Was more about his dad than him, and I think I don't feel like they played off like him really dealing with that as well because like he's just the type of guy to be like oh fuck that guy anyway. Like I I just feel like we could have talked about him more or have like a more emotional impact or something. I don't know. And then like I I I, I mean I didn't I'm playing a dude right now so I didn't romance uh, him but. uh I don't know if, like, maybe that's in in his romance where he, like, actually, like, opens up emotionally to Shepard or something. I don't know. But, like, it... But other than that, like, yeah, all the characters are great on their own right. And, like, yeah, like, the ones that are returning just, like, get even better. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I... But is this the best lineup of Bioware characters? i i really love the inquisition cast a lot it they do have some duds like i think vivian also like needs some work but i really like the do i want to give both the sevens or this one so okay i feel like inquisition has more i don't want to say heavy hitters but like a more solid well it has characters that i think work better in the game than mass effect 2 do like i think mass effect 2 has at least three duds of a character characters where inquisition it would be like vivian and then maybe blackwall i know some people don't like sarah but i like sarah Hmm, hmm, hmm. i guess i'm just torn on giving this a six or a seven
0: you're, you're you're spot on i mean i think you're making great points um you're you're doing very well by thinking about how it ranks along the curve you're actually i would seem like an idiot if i changed my score at this point because i said it's the epitome of a seven out of seven but you, when you talk about inquisition i start jumping ahead going i don't want to talk about the mass effect 3 crew but it's like there's a weird there's a weird comparison there because mass effect 3 is like the perfect. It's the final one, so they gave you everybody back, right? You have Liara, you have the Vermeer survivor, whether it's Caden or Ashley. You have your ultimate Shepard crew back. You lose Jack and Thane and, and Grunt and these other like very specific Mass Effect 2 people, but it is sort of like the classic crew back. Yeah. And I'm I'm going to struggle with, you know, how <clears throat> to not give that its its credence against the Mass Effect 2 folks. So
1: Yeah, I... I almost want to give it a six, but I, I'm just wondering if that's just my inquisition bias.
0: I mean, it's not a bias. It's if if you feel like there hat like there's a part of me that wants to give the story a seven, but I want there to be a distinction between the fact that I think MB one deserves to be higher. I mean, you can still do that.
1: Yeah. No. Okay. We're also including antagonists though, and like again, the elusive man is so much better than Carthageus. That's and the thing. Then- yep. Yeah, but I will say the romances, if this is including that, are better in Inquisition than Mass Effect Two. I feel like the Mass Effect Two romances, because I I did tally. Maybe that's maybe Tally's romance is better in Three or whatever. But like, it was just kind of like it was it was sweet, it was cute, but it was just kind of like oh, all right, that was that was nice anyway. Back to the Suicide Mission, uh, where where I feel like in Inquisition it's it's like a bigger part of the story. So maybe that kind of evens out with the antagonist. <laughs> collectors they're just a good big uh okay i think i'm okay my heart is saying a six so i'm going to say a six but like if we do like a recap episode or like someone comes up with a good point in the comments or something i might change it because like they're they're very very good i feel like i just have that bias towards inquisition more and so that's where this Mm -hmm. is coming from Mm-hmm. is this the best Mass Effect has? Maybe. Um, I haven't replayed 3 yet. I haven't started. Um, so maybe when I play 3, I'm like, oh, everyone was back and it was amazing. And then that, that gets the 7. I don't know. But mm-hmm. um, I I like the variety of characters in Mass Effect 2. I like how strong most of them were. And like e- e- even like the, the ones that were weak. Like, I don't necessarily think they were bad. I just want more of them. Whereas like there's definitely been Bioware characters even in this like lineup of games we're doing that like I just like PB I don't ever want to think about PB again she <laughs> 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 she just disappeared I would be fine it wasn't like one of those it was just I they I wish there was more It's I guess it's a Sebastian situation so yeah okay I'm going six that's my that's my final answer for now
0: I, I think the just last thing on the Mass Effect 2 characters like mm-hmm. Jack Thane I'll throw Legion in there like mm-hmm. They make it the most unique cast ever, yeah. And it's it's really hard to deny. Like they're they're so those three in particular are so either morally gray or sort of like in the case of Legion, he's sort of ambivalent to organic morality, right? Like he has a completely different paradigm in which he processes information, and so that makes the that makes the the Mass Effect Two crew like the perfect cast for the for the dark middle chapter. Like it just feels decidedly different. Even if maybe it has a dud or two, um and it's not it's not your it's not the gold standard, like it's not the one you want to go out on. It's you wanna mm-hmm. finish on that Mass Effect Three crew, but if you're gonna switch it up and go for something really different in the Dark Middle chapter, you couldn't do it any better than this cast.
1: Yeah. And like even if like the other characters, like, you know, you already have a relationship with Tally and Garrus, and so you're thinking, Oh, am I really gonna care about these other characters? They you do. You yes. you do give a shit about what they're and like you're you're not just attached with Garris and Tally at your hip even though you have a bias towards them like the others are so solid that you end up really liking them and that's hard to do so I yeah they they de- there was a hurdle there and they like cleared it easily <laughs> yeah I, I remember the it. first
0: time I played it when I got done with the major mission the first person I wanted to talk to was Thane every time I don't know if it was the voice I don't know if it's just like the the acting was so great. I always wanted to talk to that guy first, so it's it's a big accomplishment that they did that.
1: Yeah, thing okay. I, when I first played, I completely agree with you, but the second time I played, I was like, eh, I know your story. Like, I don't know. I just I just didn't get that again for some reason.
0: I a hundred percent as somebody who's played it a bunch of times, I'll never be able to capture like that initial time of of like discovering who his character is because. Your view of what you think a drill Assassin is when he's killing Nasanadantius in the in the mission where you recruit him, compared to where he ends up, it totally turns your expectations upside down. After that, that's how you think of things, so you can never have that sort of reversal anymore.
1: Okay, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, when do you want to do gameplay?
0: Aha, uh-huh, gameplay. Um, I might surprise some people on this. Um. For the longest time, it was like, again, you know, Mass Effect 2's maybe the, the best in the gameplay. First of all, I don't think there's any way it can be considered the best in the gameplay. I think Mass Effect 3 is better in every way from gameplay. Um, not to j- jump ahead too much, but like it's, there's nothing, anything that Mass Effect 2 improves upon from Mass Effect 1, Mass Effect 3 improves upon it more. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the cover system, the, the weight of the guns, how the aiming feels, power, combo detonations, everything. Mass Effect 3 is better across the board. Mass Effect 2 is better in some things, like just basically the core gunplay, the cover system, um, you know, maybe the the amount of damage that you can take and that enemies can take. Enemies are less spongy in Mass Effect 2, by and large, I guess. Um, but Mass Effect 1 is... it's a much, It's much better from the standpoint of a role-playing game. There's way more options for upgrading your character, customizing your build, actually making you and the companions feel somewhat distinct depending on what options you choose for them uh, and so from an rpg gameplay standpoint i think mass effect 2 is actually kind of lacking compared to the other games um even compared to andromeda i okay. mean really if we were to even throw andromeda in there andromeda customization is actually really cool mm-hmm. like it's it's one of the like gameplay is one of the reasons why you should play mass effect andromeda Um, the more I look at this entire franchise and and in particular, the trilogy, I'm kind of not like, I don't look forward to the Mass Effect 2 gameplay anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm almost kind of like, okay, starting Mass Effect 2, like, man, I'm really looking forward to seeing the characters. I kind of just can't wait until I get to the Mass Effect 3, um, uh, biotic detonations because everything just feels a little too... I don't know. It just doesn't feel as smooth as Mass Effect 3. And and especially with the improvements that they made to Mass Effect 1, it feels like this tiny incremental improvement on core gameplay between 1 and 2 as far as the shooting is concerned. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. Uh so with that being said, and, and given the fact that I think the role-play systems are a lot better in Mass Effect 1, given the fact that uh I think, you know, I considered Dialogue choices in, in Bioware games to be gameplay. I, I think the dialogue wheel is way more robust and built out in Mass Effect 1 than in Mass Effect 2. Uh, I I feel compelled to to give this a five at most.
1: Okay. I, <clears throat> real quick on our rating. So five is, okay, so four is like middle of the road.
0: Then. I've always thought of four as good
1: okay
0: oh okay. no i'm sorry four, four sorry five, no 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 that's right four is true neutral five is okay. good
1: so i definitely so i gave mass effect one a three because it was painful at times for me <laughs> uh i do think mass effect do definitely improved upon it specifically on um the power abilities because mass effect one uh there were power abilities and i literally never used it um because i didn't care uh, I actually use them a lot in Mass Effect 2. Um and there was there was things I really like I like I love that stupid drone. I don't know why. <laughs>
0: it's great. It's fantastic. That's why.
1: <laughs> I love it. Me and Tally. Like I so for all the Mass Effect games I've played, I was always engineer cuz I just love that stupid little drone. Um even in Andromeda I got the drone. But um yeah. So I it, it is an improvement, but I think I just don't like shooting guns cuz I have really bad aim. <laughs> Mm -hmm. fair enough and it just like annoys me like i kind of just like i like how the dragon age does it where you go game i want to attack this buddy and uh it'll just do it i don't actually have to aim anything with Mm -hmm. like with the exception of like aoe attacks but at that point like you're pausing the game you're like i'm going to gently place this aoe attack here no
0: maybe uh here (laughs) it's a very big aoe (laughs) yeah Yeah. so
1: even even if like you know, they move. You're like, oh, they move t- t- two meters to the left. That's fine. We'll you out. can't
0: miss if you're using Blizzard or whatever that one yeah. huge ice storm is.
1: <laughs> so, like, it's, it's, it. I like that a lot more. Having to aim is just, because uh, I'm a scrub, it just doesn't work for me very well. So, like, I'm sure if you, like, go back to the gameplay, it's just me shooting off into space just going, ah! <laughs> um i i do like they added the quick time events i kind of wish dragon age would do something like that because i i feel like dragon age as a whole like there is that like it like you 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 can like if you are at a point where you need to make a crucial decision and uh like it's very important that you do this right now uh you can actually just like walk away for like however long you want and come back and the decision option will still be there rather than like the quick time events where it's like it, you can do this now or it's gone I I kind of I kind of find those fun and I like that a lot and I like that they added that, um, and I feel like I haven't really like was that the first time I don't know for for me as a gamer that was the first time I ever saw anything like that, um, so uh, I I don't I kind of want to give it a five two is is essentially what I'm saying like um I it, it 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 for Mass Effect one I was just slogging through the gameplay and going oh god but when I was playing Mass Effect two I was like okay I'm like. I don't like guns. I don't like shooting. I'm bad at this. But, like, I'm having fun. Like, it's 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 bearable. So I, I think that's what I'm going to go with.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's a very interesting question as well about who did it first as far as, like, a timed response. Yeah. I'm sure there are other games. Maybe Indigo Prophecy, um, which also releases that's Fahrenheit, the- I think, in some regions. That's the um, Quantic Dream. Yeah. Uh, one the David Cage thing, I think that one may have had. To, I know Heavy Rain did, but that was after Mass Effect. Um, I, I th- maybe Indigo Prophecy did. Can't remember.
1: Okay. <clears throat> but um, so let's let's go to the execution and design. Um, I think, and Mass Effect One already had a really strong design, and I feel like Mass Effect Two just like did it better. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I i i thought that like all the character designs are really solid like jack and legion and uh thane all have a really striking design um even miranda even though she's kind of like milk toast as far as like (laughs) compared to like jack like like the like the pure white cat suit like she's very easy to tell who's who on the field of battle Mm -hmm. um and then like the the design for like the collectors was unsettling and their base and like the I kind of liked that it almost looked like a a beehive like it was very insect like um which I I hate bugs so that was kind of like a uh, type of thing um I I do think that as far as design goes Mass Effect 3 is probably going to win for me just because all of those um Reaper designs are just so unsettling that even though yeah. the siren noise is basically the same noise as the terror demons, the sirens actually scare me a lot more than the terror demons ever did. Um so I I think that we we gave six we gave Mass Effect one a six. And I think I'm actually just gonna keep that. <sighs> I get well now I'm thinking maybe I changed the execution design for Mass Effect one. Cause I cause I think one was better than two, but seven uh, or uh, threes probably deserves the seven. Hmm. Well, I okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna say a six for now, and then if we need to edit scores, we'll do that. But like, I, I, it's it's better than one, but it's still really good, and it did a lot of things better. Like I I liked the design of the ship more, not like the outside, but like the 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 actual layout of the ship that you get to walk around. I just found that way more intuitive than the other ship and stuff like that yeah i thought the level designs were good i didn't really get lost very often um i thought the dialogue was great like the risley isn't like i think it has like some really like memorable lines especially from the companions and stuff like that the music like the elusive man theme a banger
0: <laughs> I, incredible i 100 percent yeah
1: like it's it's really good I
0: suicide I, mission, you know the oh. Normandy being re-revealed uh, there's so many great uh, epic soundtrack moments,
1: yeah, so it's it's I really can't think of is it a seven
0: <laughs> what, aesthetically what? it's outstanding like if there's one thing that I can say maybe Mass Effect 2 kind of is still the best in the shield yeah it's that the aesthetics are outstanding,
1: yeah. I think okay. Hmm. I you know I said sick. I'm gonna keep it, but like it's it's it it could be higher. Maybe Mass Effect One is lower. I guess that's what I'm thinking of because like maybe Mass Effect Three really perfects it. But like again, I haven't started it yet, so I can't really like double down on it. What do you think?
0: Um, this is a real tough one for me again because personally, like if I talk about it from like a favorite standpoint. I appreciate Mass Effect 1 more. I really do. Because I think Mm -hmm. that what it has to do to establish the entire aesthetic of the franchise is gargantuan. I don't necessarily think that reflects in the scoring of the two games, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. I know it kind of sounds like I'm having my cake and eating it too, but it's like... the when you walk into the world of Mass Effect and you see all of this visual language being established, like, clearly Mass Effect 1, like, does that heavy lifting. And and I would actually argue that if you compare the two, mm-hmm. that Mass Effect 1 has a more understated visual style. It's a little bit more muted. It feels a little bit more... It feels a little less distinct in a good way. Like, if, I, I kind of like how some of the, the Normandy SR1 and some of the places in the Citadel that you can see... They look I don't know how to describe this. They look kind of normal in a weird way. And I know it sounds weird because it's a fantastic science fiction world, but um Derek Watts and Casey Hudson talked about this from Aspect One and that they felt that science fiction in a lot of ways either goes pristine, idyllic, sort of utopian future, Star Trek, or post-apocalyptic, yeah. you know, grungy, dirty, and they were like, Well, wh- why does why is there not more science fiction that has kind of a lived-in feel? You know, where it's designed yes by the people who made it to be idyllic and utopian and whatever but it's not so there's some dirt there's some scratches but it sort of still holds up it holds up the appearance of being the utopia if you don't look too close Mm -hmm. i love that concept right and i think mass effect 1 gets that perfectly uh whereas mass effect 2 not not in a bad way but because it's the dark middle chapter it leans a little bit more towards the darker elements of sci-fi visuals which is fine if you're going to go to omega which is which is another thing i wanted to mention is that mass effect 2 kind of goes to more interesting places like omega is such an interesting place to visit so the aesthetics of mass effect 2 kind of get to be higher because of the locales that are seen um and and omega itself is incredible right it's like the dark counterpart to the citadel and Mm -hmm. you just get to see a lot of really cool stuff there um, when you talk about that, when you talk about the soundtrack, when you talk about the acting, I mean, the, the cast that's in, you know, Mass Effect 2, um, is, is pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, it's, this is a, this is a tough one for me to score because there's parts of me that think it's on par with Mass Effect 1. There's other elements that I think Mass Effect 1 does better, but I kind of think like Mass Effect 2 almost deserves a 7 here. Because if it, if there's one thing that it's really good at, it's good at characters and aesthetic. Yeah. I, I feel like I might change this later, but I'm gonna go with the seven.
1: Okay. That's fine. Alright, then the DLC. Uh well why don't you start us off with DLC?
0: Um, you know, the DLC is interesting because I, I can definitely agree with you that some parts are weak, but it's I think it's for me it's certainly stronger than Mass Effect 1. Oh yeah. Um also, we're not. I, I don't think you mentioned earlier anything about Lair of the Shadow Broker. Yes, um, which is probably considered like the greatest piece of Mass Effect DLC, except for probably Citadel. Um, and that's 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 a really good one. Um, that's a really great one where you you get the advantage of having Liara back. The Shadow Broker is kind of like this really mysterious figure, which I think a lot of people figured would never be revealed. And so seeing that revealed in the middle chapter is really awesome. Mm-hmm. um overlord i f- i tend to find like i don't really like the any of the build-up in overlord like i kind of don't like most of it i just think the ending is kind of really impactful right like from a story standpoint like mm. it, it hits this high point emotionally um i think the, i think the the i can't get the ending of overlord out of my head right like it's one yeah. of those things that you that sticks with you you remember it um you know arrival i actually i actually quite liked arrival i liked you know <laughs> uh some of the pseudo minor stealth elements that were in there even though i know a mm-hmm. lot of people were frustrated with that um i love being able to do the thing where you survive that that one attack that's supposed to clearly overwhelm you if you survive it you get some mm-hmm. achievement which is kind of fun um i just kind of i i, I liked the uh the i liked the fact that that dlc very clearly leads into mass effect three that's kind of like the thing that bioware was doing at the time where the last piece of dlc leads into the next game uh it's kind of like that with legacy and dragon age 2 also so um i i've greatly enjoyed that i didn't think i was gonna go this high but i guess i'm gonna go with like a huh okay i was gonna say six but What's a seven then, right? Like DAI is going to get. I'll tell you right now. Little spoiler. DA, yeah, yeah, right. Like DAI is getting a seven. I feel like Citadel has to get a seven. Shit. Okay. <laughs> Poor Mass Effect Andromeda. <laughs> <It gets laughs> I know. Nothing. It yeah. gets na. <laughs> um. Uh. I'm gonna go with the six.
1: All right. I. Okay, so you kind of already heard me rant about this arrival. Uh, I really liked Overlord a lot. Um, gameplay, like the actual like gameplay thing, I was like, oh, okay, whatever. whatever. Um, the I actually pull up a list of these. Uh, so Kasumi still in memory, I thought could have been good. I just felt really quick, and I feel like there should have been more build up to the relationship of kasumi and whatever the other guy's name like her boyfriend's name was um i liked the kind of like you had to go to a party it, it's <laughs> the, the problem is it is almost beat for beat the uh mass or the dragon age thing you know for the most yeah. part mm-hmm. uh what, what even is it uh the, the talus one fuck Mark of the Assassin, like where you go yeah. to a fancy party and you have to sneak around the thing to steal a thing. Except rather than Mass Effect, it there's like a or a, rather in Dragon Age where there's like a gotchu where like oh Talus is actually the Canari and all this thing and it goes that direction. Like Kasumi, Kasumi's was actually truthful to you. Like oh yeah no we're we're stealing my boyfriend's memories and that's it. Um, and like I I just didn't f- I. I know Kasumi was grieving, but I feel like if I had lost my husband and all I had for him was like a box of his memories and he said, please destroy it because there's some really harmful shit in here and it could really hurt a lot of people, I would destroy it. So like, I just couldn't relate to her in that moment of like, I get why you're grieving and I get, I get it's really hard. Uh, but I don't really want to watch a video of me banging Michael. <laughs> like Kasumi was. What? Doing.
0: No, what? It, wait. What's that? What that story was about?
1: <laughs> what, well, no. What, like, it, wait. At the very end, she's like watching his memories, and like, there's very clearly a scene of her jumping on her boyfriend and about to sleep with him, and she's like has a smile, and she's like, "Yeah, I love watching this." And he's then he's like, "Well, but you gotta destroy it." She's like, "Wait, no." And like that's like the ending scene. <laughs> And I just found that kind of like, I don't really want to watch those. Me- like I, like I was the, I was there. Yeah, like <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I have the same memories. Like I don't really know what the point of. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I,
0: I do. But I gotta tell you, I've played that DLC. I don't know how many over a dozen times or whatever the case is. And I know the scene you're talking about. is, like a very PG thirteen lead in into, I guess, what, what would have been, like, them having sex, but uh-huh. never in all the times that I've played that have I ever contextualized it as, like, harmful secrets mixed with amateur porn. Like, then Kasumi's like, I can't give it up, man. I got to have it. I'm not going to close my Pornhub pro account.
1: I paid for this good jam <laughs>
0: I've never once, I've never once thought of it in those terms until just now. And it's like now that you put it that way, I'm like, oh yeah, she That's... does kind of have a creepy smile on her face when she's looking at it. It's,
1: it's what it so, is. Like, and I know it's not exactly Kasumi's... what they're
0: but... Kasumi's basically the Bioware community. She's horny on <laughs> main. It's just like horny over everything man
1: and she comments about your romance too like, at least i think i remember her commenting on my romance with tally so yeah she's she's oh she's
0: yeah an and fan. you know what actually she's she makes comments about all kinds of people on the crew
1: yeah
0: um and how jacob she crushes on jacob really hard
1: mm. really
0: yeah there's there's evidence that she creeps on him and she watches him do sit-ups with his shirt off
1: in mass effect 2 or
0: Uh, maybe that's a reference that's given in Mass Effect 3, but I think, I think maybe she definitely mentions it in Mass Effect 2. Like if you regularly go down to her cabin to talk to her, which most people do not because she doesn't have like cinematic cutscenes, She just has like chirp lines. Yeah. She will continually give you new stuff. So does Zaid. Some of Zaid's stories, if you go down there to talk to him, they're actually really good. And the actor does a phenomenal job, but no one ever does. Cause you don't get like cinematic angles for those conversations. And so I think people just think of them as boring.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I would try to go down there and see what they say, but I feel like at one point I just started getting like repeating lines. So I don't know if like, I just didn't progress them enough or, or what? I don't even know.
0: It's not clear. I, I know that feeling as well. I think it's me you know, like maybe after major missions, they'll have something, but certainly there does come a point sooner with them than the other characters where you're going to start to get repeats.
1: Yeah. Um, as far as the, like, I, I, uh, whatever I not hope, uh, uh, Firewalker who gives a shit. <laughs> it's
0: terrible. I mean, let's just be honest. It's fucking terrible. It, it's one of those. T- I, the completionist in me keeps playing it on my reruns of the trilogy. And at a certain point, I'm just going to have to be like, stop doing this to yourself because no, I- it's so bad.
1: Is it Overlord that you have to use the same hammerhead yeah. thing? Yeah. So yeah. I I played Overlord before I played Firewalker, and so Overlord just kind of assumes you have already played Firewalker and know how to mm-hmm. control the damn thing. So I'm sitting there on stream going, "What the fuck am I doing?" <laughs> yeah,
0: and it's so weak, and you have to actually fight with it, and it's like this is so dumb.
1: Yeah, but I just love the ending of Overlord so much that saves it. But um, on layer of the Shadow Broker. <sighs> I'm gonna make the controversial thing and say I liked Overlord more than I liked Liara the Shadow Broker. Okay, yeah. And and I do wonder if that's just because I knew what was happening, like it had already been spoiled for me. Like I like I played Mass Effect three. Of course I know Liara is the Shadow Broker. Of course I know she's going to win. Of course I know she's going to kick ass. It, it, like I know all these things. Um and like I I kind of vaguely knew of like who the shadow broker was because like I had there was something I was watching or reading and I saw concept art of it and I was like oh okay it was the Bioware 25 book I don't know but um I I kind of already knew all the twists and turns and I was kind of expecting it and like it was good I was like okay here's the well like the the cop at the beginning was so obviously like (laughs) one thing that didn't annoy me okay so you you go in there and like uh, there's, like, the cop that's investigating why Lear was getting shot at, and then Shepard just goes, like, oh, yeah, she was investigating the Shadow Broker. I'm like, no! She's obviously a plant. What? <laughs> like, I don't actually know this. I'm just, like, it's just so obvious that this would be the plot beat, and it, it annoyed me that I couldn't, like, be distrustful of the the, the cop lady. Um, So, like, I, I guess, like, in a mixture of that one moment and then I already knew what was going on that I, it was just kind of like, Oh, okay. I mean, like I, am not saying it, it was bad. I just, I feel like being spoiled for it definitely ruined it in a sense. Um, and like there, I did really like the scene where Liara actually takes controls. And there's a moment where she's like, Oh, fuck. What do I do? man?" <laughs> I, that was very relatable. And there's like this moment of like, okay. We're just we're just gonna do this, and that she does it, and that she she does great at it, and I think that was because that moment definitely bridged the gap of Mass Effect One Liara to Mass Effect Three Liara. Absolutely. Where you, where you have that like there is that moment where you see Mass Effect One Liara and she's freaking out, and then there's just that like hardening moment where like I gotta do this, and then she turns into Mass Effect Three Liara, and that was cool to see, but after that. Eh, so I, I guess my ranking of it is going to keep that in mind, and so like I, it, I I'm 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 gonna be the controversial asshole, and I'm gonna put it as a five.
0: Okay, so, no, not controversial. I mean, that's those are good. That's good rationale for it.
1: Yeah, it like it had it. it the DLC was good. I just think that as someone who already knew what was going on, I wasn't. I I, I, wa- I wasn't, like, thrilled about it. And for some reason, like, Trespasser... Even though I knew it was going to happen in Trespasser... Like, it's like let's be honest. The Trespasser ending... We all know what's going to happen at the end of Trespasser. Like, the only thing that's a real shock is that you lose your arm. We all know... And, like, maybe you have to disband the Inquisition. Like, Trespasser... It, it, like, yeah, you defeat the Canary And, like, you're probably not going to have Solas come befriend. Like, you all knew that going in. We were just all hopeful... And it was still managed to be thrilling, where mm-hmm. I knew it was going to happen as Layer of the Shadow Broker, and that just, like, took the teeth off of it. Where I didn't know it was going to happen in Overlord, and I really liked it, so maybe if I knew it was going to happen in Overlord, I wouldn't feel the same way about it, but I don't know. So that's that's my rant on the DLC.
0: Yeah. I mean, just, I'll say a word for, for Layer of the Shadow Broker also, like the thing c- certain things aesthetically blew my mind like being on the shadow broker ship like getting mm. from the outside of the ship it visually i thought that was stunning mm. um actually getting to see a yogg and like the introduction of that species fully into the franchise i thought was incredible i think the yogg is probably near the top of my list of underutilized lore or or story potential in the mass effect franchise mm-hmm. uh just stuff like that was really really cool
1: yeah that w- i thought the boss fight for I guess the shadow broker I thought that was really strong um he felt like a big bat like at one point he's just like he's sitting there in his like tiny little tucks and you're like oh look at the little guy and then he just like opens his desk because you pissed him off and he's huge you're like oh big little guy okay <laughs> all right so um and like the voice work was solid so yeah like it they're they're a good DLC like I don't I don't mean to say it's not I just I I guess having been spoiled its spoiled it for me who would have guessed but I, but i feel like not all, like the citadel dlc even though like I, I i i i've already played it i know what happens i think you can play it and still have that excitement again i, I haven't played it again so maybe i'm gonna eat my words next time we do this but i, I don't know <clears throat> so
0: yeah they know that um what so uh, wrapping up on mass effect 2 a couple things i want to know you already kind of alluded to the fact that you're playing Male Shep. Didn't mm-hmm. romance anyone in this uh, run, or did you romance anyone from Mass Effect 2?
1: Uh, tally. We're doing Tally.
0: Tally, I, okay. Yeah, I.
1: Oh, so I guess uh, my Shepard story. I'm trying to play like um, an in the middle, but, but Paragate or something, Renegade. Okay. I don't okay. know. Um, leaning towards Paragon, but doing a lot of Renegade stuff too as a dude who romances Tally. I did sleep with Liara in the first uh, game. Cause I wanted to see like what the breakup scene was like in the mess, which that was also, you're in the layer broker and Liar's like, Oh, you want to come to your ship? You're like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> and she's just sitting there like, Oh, okay. And she gets real sad. You're like, okay, whatever.
0: All right. Well, let her down easy.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if it was easy. It was kind of brutal in my memory of it. I don't know. It's on stream. Um, you but- know, the fun
0: thing about that is you can get mm-hmm. back with her in three, which is pretty crazy. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and you turn her down pretty pretty hard in uh, in 2. So I I don't think I, I think I'm going to go Tally all the way cuz I just like Tally so much I want to see her romance. But um I do eventually want to do Liara cuz I really feel like the game wants you to romance Liara. Uh
0: I in a way, yes, she definitely feels like people call her the canon romance. I think one of the most interesting things ever is don't romance her in one you know, you're basically friends with her then in two, and you can still end up romancing her in three. Like, they leave the door open all the way, and mm. it's just kind of like, yeah, there's there's always that avenue for Liara. Yeah, yeah. Um, deaths, suicide mission, did everybody make it out?
1: Oh, yeah, I so I went in, um, so I obviously have played the game before, and the last time I played, I used a guide. Uh, so I still had, like, a vague memory of that, but then again, I played in 2014, and I've not looked at a guide since, so, like, I had, like, some vague notions uh, and I went in without a guide, and everyone survived. Uh, which I, there, I, I was pretty confident on all my choices because I. Uh, the only thing I really remembered was that to bring everyone back to the ship, I remember Zayed was a safe choice. And um, when Miranda's saying that she can do the barrier, she's a fucking lying bitch, and you choose anyone but. Uh, <laughs> that's all I remembered <laughs> going in. And there was a, the, the very last choice of like who leads the like second mission or whatever i sat there was like oh my god i have no idea who to choose those are all i don't know what to do so i ended up sending jacob which is the correct choice but like there was a moment there, i honestly thought i was gonna lose jacob and it was one of those like oh no stop yeah
0: whoever <laughs> does that gets shot if i'm not mistaken they get shot in the gut or shot in the face if they're not a good enough leader i don't know how that works exactly but yeah. um yeah no matter who you pick you gasp and go oh no not them because they take a wound for sure
1: yeah but like it. <laughs> It was a moment I kind of almost wanted someone to die because I just never have had that happen. So, like, I kind of got excited. Like, oh, yeah, Jacob died. That's perfect. I don't care about him anyway. And then he, like, revealed the wound and he's, like, fine. <laughs> I'm like, oh, damn. Okay. I'm, like, and then I sat there like, I feel like I should be happy everyone survived. But, like, I kind of wanted someone to die just so, like, it could be like, oh, no, I lost. I lost <laughs> Garris. What You know, like, what's what's the next game going to be like? So, uh, but no, everyone, everyone's good.
0: Uh, yeah, that, that's an interesting, uh, one. I think the, the main thing for anyone who's never looked up a guide or, or is interested in getting everyone out alive, all of the, all of the role choices are pretty self-explanatory. Like, you know, send Tally or Legion through the vents, It's pretty clear cut, like take, you know, Samara or Jack or someone to, to Mm. do the, uh, barrier. Like they're all fairly self-explanatory. The part that gets people Mm -hmm. is who do you leave holding the line and who do you take with you into the final battle and basically the good rule of thumb there's a whole matrix of like what their scores are essentially like behind the scenes but just take squishy people with you and leave the bulky sort of tanky people behind pretty much
1: yeah i i ended up kind of doing that on accident because i i remember that um who you took with you almost always survived unless you really fucked it up so i'm like okay i really want to see what kasumi does in the next game even though it's probably nothing so i'm taking her with me and she's Mm -hmm. super squishy yes and um i romancing tally and i want her to survive so i'm taking tally and everyone else great do whatever Um, and it just ended up working out so
0: yeah kasumi's like a hero every mass effect 2 playthrough because i always bring her because she's gonna die if you don't (laughs)
1: does she really die if you don't bring her well
0: she's like i think she has one of the lowest scores um and so you want to take like take her and take tally that that's that's and also they have but they both have overload yeah kasumi has got overload i'm pretty sure and so they're both they are actually kind of useful in the battle as well Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. which i i will say that like when i was playing the end game like the suicide mission and the final boss that granted i'm playing on easy so haha jokes on me but like it was a lot quicker than i remember it being (laughs) it was like one point i'm like oh okay there's round two wait oh it's that's it oh Mm
0: -hmm. oh yeah
1: okay (laughs) um but it was i mean yeah I, i like the suicide mission uh but everyone's fine so yay
0: all right, very good. Um, I think we've covered everything. Is there anything else on Mass Effect 2 that you think we should cover?
1: Um, I don't think so. Oh, can we just like, I, I, I'm doing a run with like almost no mods just because like I kind of want to get a vanilla, but like what the hell did they do to the beards in this game? <laughs> like I had a mod, because like, I gave my guy a beard because that's who I am. And um, like the unmodded beards just look so strange because it was like really light and almost Mm. non-existent and it was kind of creepy so i just i had a mod i don't know if that's like a um a special edition or the 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 new version or whatever or mass effect 2 just did that but yeah it was kind of like whoa hey buddy what (laughs) what happened here dude looks like you basically shaved, but you didn't do it quite well enough, so it's just kind of like a creepy uh, view. <laughs> uh,
0: you know, I don't know. I, I, At this point, after many runs and many custom shepherds, I just use default mail shep. I just use um, shep blue every time now if I'm doing, well, not every time, but most of the time if I'm doing, uh, you know, bro shep, it's just the default.
1: I, this is weird, but I just feel like I failed if I use the default character. So I just never use the default
0: character. Shep looks like the, I feel like the quality of the texture on that head is better than the other one. It's just like it looks better to me. So I'm just, oh, like, well, yeah. just going to choose the one that looks the best, honestly.
1: No, it, they, it, they did a great job associated with Shep. I think female Shep is, I don't, I don't like how she looks, to be quite honest. They,
0: oh, I don't so, either. Yeah. So that, weird that, yeah.
1: The eye, it like, it doesn't, I feel like, the 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 basic femme shep look just doesn't fit, um at least for the the third head I know they like backtracked the others but like it just something about it's weird
0: it's not based on a real person the way that uh, the the way that they used the Vanderloo the the uh-huh. model guy for Shepard, for male shep and it doesn't work and then you know well they they used a real model for female writer and we all know how that went um
1: well <laughs> female writer.
0: Because well, writer... it doesn't look like the model. It doesn't look like yeah.
1: her. Yeah, there's something weird about the texturing. Then I do remember, like, I don't know if this is a myth, but, like, someone said the writer originally looked, like, one way, and in, like, the the um, the beta version they sent out for testing or something like that, and then, like, they redid yeah. the texture to something worse.
0: That's right. Yeah. What I mean, was... the, the the model who they used for female... Well, for both. For both Male Shep and Female chef. I mean, they're both just immaculate looking people (laughs) to be (laughs) like even the dude i gotta say i go jesus christ that's a real fucking photogenic young man you guys got there i mean like (laughs) holy shit they they look like models you know Uh and then i think they i don't know maybe at some point during the development they're like why do these fucking people look so perfect let's make them look less perfect um and so that's what they did and i get it i'm not saying that the bioware was being shitty about it maybe they just felt let's let's make them look not so much like supermodels you know i think they just kind of tried to make them look more naturalistic down to earth more like somebody who's you know just got pulled out of a cryotube i don't know but i feel like they went a little too far to the point where you look at a picture of uh let's say you look at a picture of of uh vanderloo Whose, whose shepherd is based on you look at the picture of shepherd in game and you go oh yeah oh clearly that's the guy mm-hmm. you look at a picture mm-hmm. of the of male writer model female writer model next to the characters in game and you go what the hell did you guys do <laughs> like what <laughs> happened because it doesn't look like them anymore
1: yeah like i i I feel like I know there's like one thing I hate about like online discourse, which already we shouldn't even be talking about it, but like people are like, oh, the the, the men babies are just upset that she's not hot anymore and you can't want to fuck her. No, they they made her goofy as hell, guys. Dude, she yeah. looks like she's right. ten. That's what's that's what bothered me. Like, look, I love me some weird looking women. Love it, Aveline. Give her give her jaw kisses. I love it to death. But Aveline also looks like she belongs in the universe. I don't mind weird-looking women, but she doesn't like look weird. She just looks like a child, and I find that much weirder than anything. You know, like she honestly looks like a twerpy teenager. And maybe, and like I, I played a custom in the game, so who really even cares? But like, it look looking at her face, I was like, why? She she honestly looks like the younger sister, and they're supposed to be twins. You know, <laughs> like. <laughs> It, it just i don't i
0: yeah i i mean I just on on that topic i feel compelled to say i completely agree with you like i cannot stress i said this at the time i've been saying it ever since mass effect andromeda came out like i cannot stress the degree to which i do not actually care yeah like i do not actually care what the female protagonist looks like i don't care you could put a paper bag overhead you can make her super ugly you can make her the most perfect looking model I, who cares She's fake. It doesn't doesn't matter. Like, I'm looking at the back of her head. It's a third-person game. Like, the vast majority of time, I'm using powers. I'm shooting at enemies. I don't care. Even in the cutscenes, it's fun to make a custom if you want and play around and make it look a certain way. But it's like, I'm not there to stare at the female character's face and just, like, admire it one way or another. That's not the point Mm -hmm. of the game. The point of the game is make story choices, build relationships, shoot things, use powers, etc., you know, uh, it, it's it's weird and I don't care. The only thing that I say is like, well, let's just not be in denial about it. Like, let's just tell the truth and then yeah. we can go on not caring one way or another.
1: Yeah. I See, I feel like we just really need to change the language because like, it's not about FemShep being pretty. It's not about Ryder not being pretty. It's about, they don't look like real people. They don't right. look their age. Well, the I think male writer actually looks decent, and and fan or a male Shep do look kind of the rage and look like real people, and like it bothers me that the discourse is oh, they're not hot and, oh, you're just mad because she's not hot when, like, that's not what I'm saying and that's not what a lot of people are saying. Like, she looks like a weird anime girl, Fem Shep does, and this one looks like a little girl. Like, it, 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 I don't care if they're hot. Like, I think a really good example of this that looks like a real person is actually Alloy from Horizon Zero Dawn. Or <laughs>
0: <laughs> what is it? You want to hear something funny? What? My girlfriend just owned Aloy the other day. I'm oh, replaying no. Horizon Zero Dawn because because uh-huh. the, the sequel's coming out in a month, and my girlfriend's watching me play, and she goes just like apropos of nothing, like just silence, and my girlfriend just goes, "She's ugly." <laughs> but
1: that's great. No, and, who cares? She looks like a real that- person. no
0: no, not according to my girlfriend so i said well wait a minute what do you mean why does she i go why does she look ugly what's she goes like well not that she's ugly ugly but like she doesn't look real she thought she did not look realistic at all
1: oh really
0: but she has an issue with the characters in those in in horizon generally that they look plasticky and i agree with that it's not so much the design of the character but the tech or whatever they're using for those textures Mm -hmm. looks really plasticky it really does
1: okay again i have not played the game but like it but she look okay, I could probably go off in the street, point to a random woman, and she looks closer to Alloy than FemShip. You know what I mean? Like that looks like someone off the street. And I and I like that look. I like a normal looking woman, and I think Alloy is closer to that than Shepard or Ryder
0: ever was. <clears throat> you know, okay, I know we're going off on a different subject, but yeah, it's a gonna... podcast. We can do we can yeah. do whatever we want. Um <laughs> so on Aloy, because I want to talk about this a little bit. Okay. Addendum, bonus topic. Um on Aloy. There's this controversy, Mm -hmm. I guess, because the gamer boys got mad. So it's a controversy. Well, it's not just the gamer boys getting mad. A couple gamer boys got mad, and then the other people got madder at the fact that a couple gamer boys got mad um, because they said her face looked fuller, a little rounder. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, First of all, and I'm not going to go with a fucking pixel by pixel analysis in a fucking the way some of these dweebs have on both sides, dweebs. Okay. Because people really took the... At a glance... When I first watched that trailer, at that point, it had been many years since I played Horizon Zero Dawn. So maybe I'm fucking wrong. I don't know. When I saw that trailer, I'm like, yeah, her face looks rounder. Like, it just looks bigger or whatever. Okay? It just <laughs> does. I don't want to lie. Just to my eyes, it does. Also, who gives a flying fuck? It's a, it's a game about fighting <laughs> robot dinosaurs and, like, fucking, you know, you're... Well, I don't want to spoil shit, but there's there's all kinds of wacky shit in that story. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I don't care if her face looks like a fucking blimp. I don't fucking care. I want to I want I don't give a shit. I want to run around, I want to climb shit, I want to see a fucking a giant robot that looks like a giraffe with a plate on its head and climb it and unlock the map and then fight a T-Rex dinosaur thing. Mm-hmm. I don't fucking care what her face looks like. And also, if some people do and they're like, "Oh, her face should be fucking skinnier or whatever." I mean, they're entitled to their opinion. Who gives a fuck? It's the—it's a, a completely unrealistic world. It's a, its all made up anyway. I can't believe people spend so much time talking about it. To be honest,
1: yeah. The only reason I, I even like it—oh god, it's just this is a whole Twitter thing. Like everyone just gets butt hurt about shit that doesn't matter because maybe because they don't want to think about the real problems. And part of that, I kind of get it. But like, yeah. Also, the um, uh, what was her name? Dina from The Last of Us. She got railed because of her nose. Who cares?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought it was... I thought uh, Abby got the worst of it because she was jacked.
1: Abby. Okay, yeah. I forgot she exists. I, Sandra, again, I don't play and I, didn't, I don't have a console, so...
0: <laughs> again, like, that's another one. Abby is another one where I'm just like, look, don't lie. Okay, tell the truth. And then who cares, right? Like, the whole thing about Abby is like, the first thing I said when Abby walks on stream, it was like, oh, oh Jesus Christ apparently they still have steroids in post-apocalypse like holy shit <laughs> this, this chick is fucking definitely on roids and then after that it's like well i mean what well, who's her character i thought the abby character was interesting enough flawed and mm. in, in, in in a cool way and like she's a good character is she jacked fuck yeah she's jacked does it stand out as being a little unusual in that world like what do her macros look like in a post-apocalyptic <laughs> world? Uh, she must be eating a lot of, to to maintain that amount of muscle mass. Um, but I digress. At the end of the day, who cares? That's not what the story's about. The story yeah. is not about Abby's biceps. Who gives a fuck? You know?
1: Yeah. Anyway, uh so that was our massive ranking. <laughs>
0: Listen, I don't know, man. It's episode whatever of Split the Veil. We uh, can do whatever we want. Yeah, no,
1: I, I, I'm glad we did this topic, although maybe we should have saved it for a whole other episode. Hey, if you want to see this on an episode and us ranting about characters, uh hit us up. I don't know. But mm-hmm. uh yeah. Well, uh I guess with that, Jordan, where can they find you?
0: Uh they can find me at the Exalted March on uh, YouTube. Uh you know, sometimes on Twitter at the Exalted March. Uh Katie, where can the folks find you?
1: Can, can i just out you for a bit because you, you said sometimes yeah. on twitter and you like when we started this podcast you're like oh someone tagged me in like a post it was like a month ago or course so.
0: yeah i rarely ever look at it
1: <laughs> uh you can find me as guilders on both youtube and twitter uh and i guess with that Darish.
0: i just realized what we should have done as the opening is talking about death stranding fuck <laughs> we i can put it i can i can put it for like after mm-hmm. the closing music for we wanted to do like five minutes on death stranding
1: yeah well, we'll fine fine we'll just talk about death stranding
0: <laughs> okay i mentioned this last time on De- about death stranding like it was cut out of one of the things we were doing when we were doing DD, i think Uh uh-huh. and you mentioned that you love the game and I remember you talking about it. You and Michael played it. Mm-hmm. Tell me about death stranding. what would, would why do you guys love death stranding
1: so i I think a big part of it is that like we um I think like the p c release came out like just a couple months before our daughter was born, and we didn't even touch it until after she was born and um so like we okay, I want you to picture. We are two young people, if you will, if you want to consider late 20s young, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in an apartment with a brand new baby. Everyone we know that has an experience with babies live far away. Plus, there is a pandemic going on. We're, we can't leave the house. Michael's working from home. Uh, like, we, we only leave the house. Michael goes out uh, to, like, get groceries and then come back. And then like we he takes me to the doctor to see uh, you know, our daughter's uh whatever. So like Michael, all Michael does to leave the house is he basically a porter and grabs things for us and comes back to home and makes sure we're safe. So like Michael oh, really fun. identified with um the Sam character. And then like obviously we have a daughter, which I guess spoilers have you finished the game?
0: I have not finished the game. I'm not even out mm-hmm. of chapter three. I've spent like twenty hours in chapter three building roads.
1: Okay, well, so God, we we did a lot of building roads too. Um, we, uh, I, I guess I won't spoil it, but like we we really identified, like, like the our newborn with like this newborn because like she like was just gaining her personality because like newborns are just kind of like this little ball of like crying and like earlier than you think they start to get their personality and like we kind of like saw that as our daughter like on screen and so like that kind of got us and so like sam kind of learning how to be with this little baby kind of mirrored what michael and i were going through and then like i guess also on top like sam has struggles with his family michael has struggles with his family and then like I, i i don't know like it it just was very cap like the game just really captured that moment in our lives and like we just like sat on the couch and enjoyed it and like just really fond memories of Michael playing I'm sitting on the couch holding a baby that's asleep on my chest and stuff like that and like we we Michael and I both also both share a love of like things that don't make any goddamn sense like Twin Peaks um. so we had a lot of fun just like seeing what <laughs> yeah. the because f- sometimes this the game just throws stuff out you're like what the fuck is going on? i'm sorry there's they like we we love dunking on i forgot what the guy's name is but like the the main antagonist dude um higgs higgs we love dunking on higgs and the fact that like all of our dunks ended up becoming true was just so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I can't even like elaborate on that, but like it it was just so funny to us. Um, And it, it's just like the characters were like, I mean, they're kind of generic in a way and like the names are hilarious, like heart man and death man and whatever, but like it was, it was, it was charming and it was heartfelt and it really captured the moment for us. And so like, um, it just really worked for us, and then also Michael loves boring games, and I and I mean that in like the, like a heartening way. Like one of his favorite games is Factorio. So running around packages with very little battle is like that's his that's his shit. And we mm-hmm. honestly sat there for hours because Michael didn't want to play online with other people. He 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 just he for him that was a game breaking experience because like the the game is you are Sam Porter Bridges and you know, you are the, the lone Jesus figure that will, you know, unite the country <laughs> to the West. And, like, why are there yeah. other Sam Porter Bridges is making bridges? It did not make sense. So he turned all those features off. Um, And, like, that was more grinding. But we sat there and we we build the whole road from one end to another and, like, a whole bunch of other features just so... And Michael also really loves cars. And we sat there just customizing cars and zooming to and fro and yeah, just maxing out all the stars. And, like, it was, it was a little, maybe it was grindy, but we were together as a family and having fun. And so it, 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 it in a, in a, in like the cheesy way, it was connecting us with our daughter in like this weird new world of COVID.
0: 100%. I think that there is, there are two COVID games, actually. The number one is obviously Animal Crossing. That My became boy. like, the, that became the pandemic lockdown game. Mm-hmm. But in a weird way, even though Death Stranding came out, what, 2018, like the re-release on PC and PS5, more recently, I think the honorable mention or sort of like the alternative COVID game is Death Stranding. Yeah. Um, because of its themes about connection, because of its themes about like the perils of going outside, basically. Yeah. Um, and like braving that in order to find a way to connect people through a network, so to speak. Um. It became the unofficial COVID game in a lot of ways. I think that thematically, it's actually really quite brilliant in that way. I, I have mm-hmm. to begrudgingly tip my cap to Hideo Kojima for sort of very accurately communicating those themes. I think the plot of the game is batshit crazy, and I oh, really absolutely. like. Like my my one gripe of Hideo Kojima is that we need to stop calling him brilliant. <laughs> like he is he is actually a really bad writer in a lot of ways like to okay. be quite honest like he is horrendously convoluted and cliché in a lot of ways and then there's this golden thread in the middle of all his crap where you're like god damn it that is really good you know and it's like he's good in spite of himself but i don't think we need to keep calling him brilliant a lot of it is just a huge mess and it makes no sense and what i really hate is that probably the first 5 to 8 hours of the game is like it's a lot of bullshit i know a lot of my friends mm-hmm. who just said i've tried two or three times this is my second time trying to play the game i bounced off of it because I, I didn't quite get to chapter three yet mm-hmm. and like the game is kind of dumb in the beginning like this the real good parts of the story don't start to develop until a few hours in and then i started to kind of start to like parts of the story in particular the themes of the story and You know, it's called a walking simulator by so many people, but it's not. It's actually like a driving simulator if you do it right. Um, (laughs) It really is. (laughs) And that's kind of like a cool feeling, like going from struggling to like go over all of this terrain and having like these huge pile of boxes on your back to driving on your motorcycle or a truck on a road that you helped build with this huge load of stuff that you never could have carried before. But like you incrementally build Mm. up your infrastructure until things that were super hard become basically easy um, And that's a really satisfying thing from, from a gameplay standpoint. So mm-hmm. I love the themes. I think the plot's actually bullshit. I'm tempted to skip cutscenes more so than almost any game I've ever played. I'm not skipping them because I'm looking for those little bits of thematic brilliance in there. But I, mm-hmm. the story mainly just annoys me. I love the gameplay, though. Like, yeah. I love making deliveries. Making deliveries in games is something that I wish I could do. And more game. Like in Star Citizen, I play Star Citizen to fucking be a space trucker. Like, I love taking things to and from and facing maybe minimal threats, but mainly being able to evade, avoid, you know, plan out my strategy for making a delivery and therefore avoid trouble and conflict. And Death Stranding is like, just sitting there going like, hmm, what should be on my back versus being on the trike? What should be like, hmm, huh, what should I, you know, should should I wear this exoskeleton or that one? Should I... You know, how what's my route going to be? If I'm already making a stop here, maybe I should take some lost cargo. Maybe I should take the standard thing and maybe loop around here. And, you know, maybe I'll go this far in the vehicle and then I'll go on foot for this portion. And in order to do that, I'll need to take this equipment. There's a bunch of little micro choices mm-hmm. on just doing grindy shit. So it therefore, that makes the grindy shit enjoyable to me because I get to make all of these little micro level strategies. Yeah. Um, so yeah anyway I, I love the game I haven't beaten it yet I can't fully comment on the story and I guess how much uh, hopefully how much better it gets but I've been I've been in chapter three for like 20 hours and I understand that I could have beaten it in like three hours that chapter mm-hmm. but I I like building out the roads
1: Yeah, and you, you got a five star everybody
0: oh and then lastly I'll just say this I, I completely understand Michael's perspective on wanting to play offline but I have to tell you this might be one of the best online experiences I've ever had with the game. I absolutely love the idea of having it be connected. I think it's absolutely incredible. Mm -hmm. I thought I was going to hate it. I really considered like, you know what? I might turn that shit off if I don't like it. There's something so satisfying about seeing the notifications that somebody used a ladder that I put up in an area that's really tough to get through or, you know, someone liked the rope, someone, you know seeing sections of the road that i'm building get more and more likes and knowing that someone else is getting use out of that the same way i am is Mm. it's an oddly it's like the brilliant thing i think about what what kojima and his team did is they set up this connected video game Mm -hmm. where all of the interactions are limited to being exclusively positive yeah and like, you can't be negative in the game. So you are you feel connected to all of these other players. But unlike all of these other areas of online gaming community, which can sort of vacillate between being positive and being really toxic, there's no opportunity for Death Stranding's player base to be toxic to one another. Not on the game, anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, all you can really do is help people and and express gratitude for people's help. That's it. Those are your only options. And oddly enough, people seem very happy to do that
1: yeah i i i will say like one of the reasons michael really didn't want to do it other than like story breaking reasons like michael likes doing things on his own so i feel like he he <laughs> like he likes strategically placing the ladder and placing whatever and i think finding one in the wild would just drive him crazy a little bit i don't know we i we have talked about playing it again but particularly the um i think you're probably playing the Director's cut, Directors right? cut, yeah. yeah. Like that only just released. We haven't played that, and I and I, I think there is new content that we we haven't done. Um, I I actually not quite sure all the the differences yet, uh, but yeah, I maybe we'll end up doing that one day. I don't know. I think we just, uh, to be honest, I know we're, we're doing this as, like, a bonus, but maybe we just need to do, like, when you finish, do, like, a whole episode on it. Because, like, I could talk about this game <laughs> a lot. So can I.
0: So could I. I really could. I, I agree with that. When I'm done, when I beat it, and it's going to get derailed because I'm trying to play Horizon Zero Dawn, and then I'm going to play the new Horizon. So be- I don't want to rush it when I started oh, yeah, to look don't. at the... 2022 is such a full calendar year. I started... I, I looked up how many chapters are in the game, and it's, like, 13. And I was like, oh shit, either I'm going to have to rush Death Stranding in order to beat it before Horizon Forbidden West comes out, or I, I I'm going to have to sidetrack it.
1: It is a deceptive 13, because at one point it's like, there's a, there's a couple chapters where you blank and it's over. Like, it's not like chapter three where it opens up and it's this big thing. Like, it's like... It, it's like, you know, cha- I, don't, I actually don't remember the number, like chapter 13 and you sneeze and chapter 14. Like, oh, OK, <laughs> I guess uh, that was a chapter.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I I, did read that, that chapter three is actually the longest. Mm-hmm. Um, And so, you know, that that uh, notwithstanding, I figured like I'm just going to continue to play Death Stranding on the side. I, I want to grind it. I want to kind of get everything unlocked and like build everything because uh, I enjoy playing it that way. So I'm going to kind of play it on this side of Horizon for the next you know a couple months here uh and then we should do a full episode on it yeah. cuz i think i think there's so much to unpack about it um and in particular that that online versus offline experience i think that'll be really cool for us to talk about yeah uh, also more.
1: like the soundtrack love it it's beautiful <laughs> i it's love it's yeah. beautiful and like it's i i will say so like what i don't know how much of the soundtrack you have unlocked i i, I wouldn't consider this a spoiler cuz it's it's not like one of those where like sometimes when you're you're playing the game like a soundtrack will just beautifully come in the background while you're walking it's not one of those you just like it's a song that's just like oh this is in my music player suddenly okay it's a song called pop virus and it at, fantastic
0: like, I, I love fucking pop love pop virus. pop virus so much <laughs> when my people God. put that into a mailbox like you can customize <laughs> level two structures <laughs> when I pass by a fucking mailbox with pop virus I'm like well hello person of good taste
1: <laughs> I really we, Michael and I love that song so, because it's also like, it doesn't fit at all with the rest of the, the soundtrack. Like the rest of the soundtrack is like somber and kind of like down low and down here and we got you, and then pop viruses. Yeah. Like really... I played
0: in my private room to like get Sam pumped yes! up and like mentally rejuvenated to go back out there. <laughs> yeah, we did too. <laughs> We it's ghost him. is great trigger is great like this there are so many great so tracks from there i said this about um i was me and my girlfriend were watching arcane on netflix cool uh-huh. show check it out if you haven't but they've got this thing with their soundtrack where i would just turn to my girlfriend and go you know sometimes people maybe the producers or the writers of the show they have a spotify playlist or whatever that they're listening to while they write it uh-huh. and they like a song so they go man we should put this song in the show people are gonna love it and when you hear it in a in a cinematic setting, you just go, yeah, that just sounds like a popular song that they like or whatever. Yeah. A lot of people don't have the taste that they think they do, probably myself included. <laughs> all, all my complaints about Kojima notwithstanding, the motherfucker gets pop culture. He understands it. And so when he picks songs, it's like, shit, I got to give it to the guy. That's a really good song for this. Cinematic moment. Like he just gets it.
1: Yeah. And, and even like Pop Virus, even though it's so like upbeat, or whatever, if you actually look up the lyrics, you're like, oh, that's why this is in this game. I don't know if you've done it.
0: I have but not looked at the lyrics. The,
1: look at the lyrics. You're like, oh, okay. I obviously, it's it, the song's in Japanese. So I should say, I obviously do not speak Japanese. And Jordan, I know you don't either. So like, you're just like, oh, what's this ha- upbeat, happy thing? You read the lyrics. You're like, oh, fuck. <laughs>
0: brilliant it's brilliant i mean it's a great slide it, it it is such a great change of. it's one of those things where it's like you can make this thing stand out and it doesn't it's not jarring it's just perfectly distinct against the world backdrop yeah
1: yeah uh um, also, okay well, you, di- how, sorry i sorry <laughs> I'm gonna ask, have you uh, have you unlocked the uh the self-driving robot i'll say
0: uh i've unlocked robots not a self-driving one well, it's, not, I, although, it's, not, it's
1: not driving it just like walks on its own
0: yeah and it has shoes on why I... does it have boots why like when that happened okay like I, my girlfriend's sitting next to me right as i'm playing this i'm like okay oh, it's God. gonna when it says that you're gonna have a drone that makes deliveries for you because i'm a normal person <laughs> i figure it's gonna be like one of those amazon drones that like flies around and shit Fucking Kojima, is like no no no, just give it legs with a table on top of the legs and put shoes on it.
1: And it hums to itself. It sings little yes. songs. I love that. We. I'm like that is the weirdest loved thing that ever. Stupid thing. No, they're like I. I will say that like you are completely. I, so, okay, I think Kojima and David Lynch are essentially the same person. Their stories make no sense, but there's that golden thread in the middle, and there's some really awesome visuals. And that's just one of those like it makes no sense. It's kind of dumb, but I'll, I'll, it's the visual of just this thing just jaunting along, going do 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 do, all by itself <laughs> is wonderful, and I love it. We Michael and I we thought it, like I think to be honest, maybe maybe it changed in the director's cut, but
0: like in the version
1: we played, like it was kind of. Of useless, but we love setting it out because it just it so funny.
0: <laughs> I, I, you know, you there's a button where you can skip the, the little movie that it plays when it pops up out of the ground, and I never skip it. Yeah. I never skip it. I just go, you know what? Go on, little robot, do your thing.
1: It's it's great. It's great. So I I love that robot. I I like that game. It's a lot of really fun memories, and it's it, I, it's a very unique experience because like half the time you're just going, what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like if you if if you're sitting there and you're gonna like if you don't want to play the game and you just want to watch like one of those like movie compilations on YouTube, um, where it like tells the story and the, it's like you know seven hours just all the cutscenes sewn together, it makes no goddamn sense and like you're probably not going to give a shit be- because like no. I, I think the experience it like playing it really is the experience, yes, know? and I, I don't think that really transfers that well, to, to to like one of those movie YouTubes and I there's a lot of games where I actually i didn't play it i watched it and i feel like satisfied having watched it i don't think i would feel that way for this game so no i I
0: completely (laughs) agree i think i think it's a triumph in that sense and that it's really a truly game play a gameplay first experience Mm -hmm. from hideo kojima even (laughs) though i know he loves story a lot i think this and and um metal Gear solid 5 also were very gameplay upfront experiences and i think that that's kind of incredible
1: yeah, and, like, you can, like, anytime, like, they mention, like, ex- extinction entity or whatever it was, you just can take a little nap, because, who cares? But, like, <laughs> yeah, anyway, so, uh, that's, that's all I have to add, but we should, I, I I feel like if we do an episode on Death Stranding, it'll just be us talking about it a lot, but I, I at least want to talk to you again when you finish the game, because I want to know how you liked it. <clears> hmm
0: <throat> Yeah, because- for sure. I mean, we said we, we, we just said right now we would do five minutes on it, but I think we just did 15, almost 20 minutes on it easily. <laughs> and so when we beat it, I, I, yeah, I could keep talking about this uh, forever. So, um, yeah, once I'm done with the game, uh, we can definitely come back and do a whole episode on it.
1: All right. Well, uh, uh,
0: bonus we- content, everybody. <laughs> Boop.
1: Is, is this going to be tagged on to the end of the episode, or is this going to be its own thing now?
0: Nah, I'll just put it on after the outro.
1: Alright. Now we don't have an
0: outro, so now this now the episode just ends.
1: Yeah.
0: Bye.
1: Alright everybody,
0: goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>